Hi again, everybody. I'm Jamie Allison, and this is the Big Idea, Big Moves podcast. This is the destination for high performers. We talk to people from different genres, different niches, different backgrounds, all people who are making big moves in their space, and just find out some of those things that are uh, contributing to their success, and then hopefully you can take as the listener away and be able to make some big improvements in your lives as well. Um, We have talked to CEOs, we've talked to athletes, we've talked to scientists, we've talked to people just doing a lot of really cool things in their space. Today is another one of those days. I know you're going to be happy to be able to hear from the individual that we're going to chat with today. Just before we jump into that, a couple of different things. One is if you are looking, especially at this time, uh, I mean, people are starting to think about 2021 and maybe move some of this stuff from 2020 into the into the rear view mirror. Um, one of the things is that if you go to www.bigideabigmoves.com and look under the enrichment page, there is a high-performance planner that I think everybody is going to be able to see that they can use in the next little while as they start to plan their new year, plan those things that are really important to them. Um, So definitely take a look at that and and see if it makes sense. It's got everything from daily planners in it to to journals, both morning and evening, um, and really helps you focus the different areas of your life. So so we'll come in really handy. So definitely take a look at that. Again, it's on the enrichment page. Um, The other thing is if you wanted to, uh, to really kind of look at a resource or publication for your fitness, your health, your nutrition, um, then uh, definitely take a look at Impact Magazine. You can find that at www.impactmagazine.ca um, or check them out on Instagram and all the different platforms as well because they are there as well. Um, the issue that has just been released has Mark McMorris, uh, snowboarder, on the cover. So uh, really interesting story there. Um, so definitely take a look at it. Again, it's www.impactmagazine.ca. Um, and so today's guest, really happy to have him here today. Um, Max Fennell, um, some of you may be watching the Spartan games right as we speak. I know every week, uh, if you're uh, watching on Wednesday, you get a new episode right now. And he's one of those contestants. So one of those people out of all of the different genres of high uh, performance athletes that they've brought together to go through a whole bunch of different varied uh, athletic challenges. Um, and a lot of people may not know, though, um, Max was actually actually on the path to professional soccer when um, he sustained a devastating knee injury and that derailed his plans there. And, and that's when he actually turned to triathlon um, where he excelled and actually became the first African-American professional athlete in that sport. Um, He has since been featured uh, as an athlete on the CBS game show Million Dollar Mile, which was um, put on and and backed by LeBron James, and is currently one of the featured athletes, as I mentioned, on the Spartan Games. Um, Yet another big statement is that he is an entrepreneur. We're going to talk about uh, his coffee business. Um, And also, um, he's been dabbling in politics as well. So if you're going to look at a well-rounded individual, um, first athlete, but um, all of those things and how they uh, attach into your life. Um, we're, we're happy to be able to talk to Max about that. So again, uh, you've got a busy schedule, Max. Thanks very much for showing up today uh, here on Big Idea, Big Moves. Thanks for having me. Great to be here. Yeah, no, no problem. Um, yeah, maybe we'll start with because um, we are going to look at your backstory and stuff. But since since everyone's probably right away, your 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 name is being connected to the the Spartans game stuff that's that's happening kind of right as we speak. Um, what was that like for you coming into uh, you know an environment where you've got all these um, um, 
very different athletes um, from diverse backgrounds and just kind of mashing them all together in, in all these very different kind of events. So what was that like jumping into that? Well, I think the obvious was, I think you see a lot of happiness from all the athletes, just happy to be able to compete and that someone stepped up for endurance athletes to provide that environment for us, a safe environment. So there is a lot of that energy. You're just like, I'm just happy to be <laughs> like, to have gotten on a plane, to have traveled, to be able to compete. And it was just a unique experience because I still, to this day, and I said it then, and I'm saying it now, is that this was the most fairest competition you could possibly imagine. Like when I was there, I remember like, as an athlete, you always go into things thinking like, all right, I'm going to do very well. But it's just like, when I got there, I'm like, oh my goodness, like there is no, I don't even know how this is going to play out. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's just like, there was just so many specialist athletes that it was just like, no one was going to dominate the entire competition. It just wasn't going to happen. Yeah. And I think that when we saw who was there, we we're just like, wow, this is going to be like a legitimate competition. Yeah, yeah. And and very cool that you do see even even in the first episode right away how there's that real variance depending on depending on what the uh, the event is, depending on everybody's background, the you know, how people do and all those shifts dramatically from event to event depending on what your specialty is. Yeah, and the thing is when they invited us to, to this, everyone had a different experience of how they were invited. And I was a quick like, yes, I'm in, I'm ready to go. Yeah. But there wasn't much explaining of what, what what was ahead. Like, I just had someone just say, like, hey, there's going to be some endurance events that I think you'll do well in. Like, it's going to be a very good opportunity. You should show up. But, yeah. like, I didn't know what any of the competitions were going to be. And I think that added a layer of excitement to it. I'm sure. I'm sure. Well, uh, why don't we... Um, uh, work back a little bit because um, you know some people may not be familiar with kind of your path to getting to getting there um, you know I mentioned before you were um, you were on the track or wanted to be on the track of being a professional soccer player um, I understand pretty darn close to that um, and yep. then had this injury can you can you just work us through a little bit about you know what what happened there and, and how that set you towards um, triathlons to start with yeah so I was just playing pickup soccer and this was pre like Philadelphia union days yeah. and there was just still windows of opportunity of, of how I can make my way up the ranks to, you know, compete as a professional soccer player, right. Play junior soccer. And what happened for me was I ended up spraining my MCL and I was also working at a coffee shop at the time where one of our regular customers, he asked me, he's like, Max, what are you going to do now? Like you're hurting off. I was like, Oh, I don't know. Like maybe I'll do these iron hands. Yeah. And he was just like, well, like, you don't want to jump into an Ironman. Like, we we live here in Philadelphia. We've got the Philly try. Like, why don't you try doing the Philly try? So I ended up doing my first triathlon. I did pretty well. I got hooked on it. Uh, my first triathlon season, I ended up winning my age group in my last race. And I was like, all right, I really think that I can make a name for myself and compete here. And four years later, I was able to get my professional license and yeah. been competing as a pro ever since. Yeah. And and did you find that um, because of your athletic background, did it, did the, the different portions of triathlon, like, were you really good at all those portions to start with? Or did you really have to um, do a lot to hone your craft in each one? 
Well, eventually it became aware that I really had to work on my swimming and get to that point, right? Because I was coming from this soccer mentality of just, if you just show up, you work hard and you're going to win. But with triathlon, it's like, you really have to be a well-rounded athlete in those sports. So I was very fortunate that once I moved out to the Bay Area and I started swimming with Stanford Masters, that's when I really saw a lot of growth happening for me in the sport of triathlon. And then I feel... I became pretty solid, well-rounded, right? And that has to do a lot with experience and awareness of what's going on with the sport. And obviously, once you start swimming with a master's group, then you turn into a complete different swimmer. And then you start feeling like a complete triathlete. But the soccer background gives you a really, really good, nice aerobic base. And then it's just, you know, putting in the work. Yeah, yeah. Well, and and so you mentioned that um, you you went pro. Um, we said before that you were the first African American to do that. Um, congratulations, yep. first of all. That's Thank a you. that's a huge accomplishment. But the other side would be: were you uh, how aware were you of that at the time? Like where? Because I I'm sure that you know people people see you today as, as a pretty significant role model from that perspective. Um, how did that sit with you? Were you really aware of it when it was actually happening? Well, so the community has always been very small. Uh, triathlon is really not that diverse of a sport. It's getting better. And, you know, I've been in the sport for 10 years. So early on, there used to be days where I would go to the race and I was the only black person there, right? Yeah. And now living here in Silicon Valley, I go to a race and it's just like, I was like, I remember last year I went to a race. I was like, I, I said to my coach, I was like, Dave, like that, that was the diversity, right? It was just yeah. like, it was just, it seemed like every, like, I've never seen that before, right? Yeah. So we've come a long way in a very short time. Yeah. But early on, it was just, you know, it was a lonely road because when you're not represented and you don't really have anyone to reach out to, it's just like there's a lot of figuring out on your own. There's a lot of struggle. There's a lot of sacrifice. There's a lot of dark moments that you go through. You yeah. don't really have anyone to reach out to or seek that guidance from. Yeah, you know, one of the um, one of the the guys I, I interviewed not long ago, you may or may not know him. His name is Mario Rigby. He is um, he's an eco adventurer. Does a lot of kind of outdoor things from that perspective. And and when I asked him a very similar question, it was just you know how does how does he um, uh, make sure diversity happens a little more? It, you know that was uh, that's a main focus for him is trying to you know to not only show um, be out there and be very visible about it so people can see themselves in that role. But yep. are, are there things yep. from from your end that you know it, I mean there are some sports in particular that are are probably still not as diverse as they could be. Are are there things that you think are are really important about being able to to help change that in some of those sports? Yeah, because it's the growth. It's it's the lifestyle. When we see diversity, if we want to talk about how we can really have a big impact, and this is what I like so much about Spartan and Joe, is that it's about getting the people off the couch, right? In triathlon and obstacle course racing, trail running, mountain biking, when people see themselves, then they're going to be like, okay, I, I see it. I can do this. And it's yeah. like, like, even if they don't become an elite or they're professional, how it impacts their personal life is what is the greatest benefit of being a part of the endurance world. Well, and, and that translates over to the, the business world and everything else, whether it's diversity that way or in, in lots of other ways as well. And, um, you know, you've, you've made your mark from an entrepreneurship standpoint as well. Why don't you, why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Because that, that's also probably a, something to really juggle when you are doing kind of professional athletics and also building something yourself. Uh, tell us a little bit about your pursuit and, and 
you know, how do you kind of manage that of, of doing both? Yeah, well, as I'm sure you're aware, I think entrepreneurs and endurance sports go very well together. And yeah. I was living in Philadelphia, but then once I moved out into the Bay Area, everyone here is cycling, running. So everyone you're going to talk to is going to be an entrepreneur or business or a tech person. And then naturally just being in this environment, I'm just like, oh, wait a minute, I can start a business. And I ended up starting my own coffee company that's based out of Menlo Park here. We roast here locally. We had direct trade with farmers. So what that means is legitimately like a farmer will text me from El Salvador and check in and see how's everything going and letting me know that coffee's coming through. So it's there's no middleman. Awesome. I check goes directly to the farmer. And being in this environment and like I remember days when I would go to Stanford Masters and I'm around like, you know, these really significant, you know, businessmen. And that just gave me so much motivation because it's just like, there were people I was around that are just like, they swim at 530 in the morning every single day and they work harder than me. And I'm like, wow, like I work harder than them as an athlete, but they work harder than me as a business person. And then it just clicks in your head and it's like, all right, if I start working as hard as them as an, as an entrepreneur, and bring in that that energy and that work ethic as an athlete, maybe I can reach that success that I see that these individuals have. And, you know, I've been slowly moving up that way. Yeah, you mentioned Joe. That's, I mean, Joe is a perfect example of that. I mean, he uh, he's built that entrepreneurial venture, but boy, he's the the first person up in the morning to do everything he needs to do personally beforehand. Gets his kids up to do the same thing as well. So it's uh, uh, it's a, a pure lifestyle that he's kind of integrated everything to. So it doesn't, and as you know, there's just something that happens that, like, you know, when I train first thing in the morning or wake up early in the morning, and like I'm starting my day by seven, it's just like I get so much done. Yeah, yeah. Well, and and so maybe you touched on it saying, especially in whether it's entrepreneurship or, or some things in business, you know that a lot of people who listen are are kind of the entrepreneurs and, and, and people that do that. Um, you mentioned how doing sports and, and having some of the traits and competencies you build through that or or that you hone through that are easily transferable. What, what are some of those things that you think, you know, what has helped you from being in sport that has got you through, like whether it's resilience or some of those things, are, are there specific things that you think really are nice transferable skills that, that has helped you? I think the biggest thing is the structure because like where else do you get the structure, especially during COVID times, right? It's like, you know, there was a period of time where I think I, I was like sleeping into nine, right? Because I, I wasn't like, I didn't have the option of 5.30 in the morning masters. So then I was just like, oh, you know, you're sleeping in. But then once you realize like, no, I need a system, I need a structure that's centered around my training program. Because for me, what happens is, is when I'm training, I'm thinking about work, right? That's just how my mind is. My mind is then being like, okay, you know, we're out here, we're holding just 280 watts, and we're going for a 60 minute run. And then it's just like, all right, what, what do I need to do? What can I create? How can I make sales? Or you're out riding your bike, and I'm like, oh, I should stop into that store. And so what happens is when I'm training, it then allows me to kind of file away certain things that need to get done on the business end so that when I'm getting off my bike, I have a whole list of things I want to get done. I get those things done and then, you know, I'm tired and then I'm able to go to bed and wake up early the next day. Because for me, I've had all that stimulus of training and work from all that structure. 
Yeah. And it, it gives you that mental space to be able to sit there and actually be with your thoughts around some of those things in business as well. Exactly. Um, the the other thing that you have been involved in is um, politics. I know that you've you've yeah. done some of that. Um, yeah. You know, again, that's that's a, a bit of a departure as well. Um, you know, what what is it that that's kind of compelled you to kind of uh, um, you know not only be involved from a, pol- a political standpoint, but but actually kind of running and and things like that. Well, so I'm just the kind of person, and I'll be honest, because I'm always honest, like, I'm not a big protester. I, I'm not a big uh, complainer, right? The entrepreneur in me is about action. So it's either like, do I continue to complain to my girlfriend about the things that I see, or do I stop complaining and put myself in a situation where I can be a part of the dialogue? Yeah. And then I also kind of realized, like, I just kind of think people maybe should, like, if you're just someone that cares about issues you should just give it a shot you should go through the process of running for public office because i realized that it also just allowed me to be there and have a conversation and understand how local politics works for us here in menlo park city council makes all of the city laws so you can craft certain laws to make certain change or just having a conversation with your city council members and letting them know I mean, I didn't win, but I got a significant amount of votes that then everyone's just like, wow, like Max, you clearly, there's a lot of people that are thinking the same way that you're thinking. And, you know, you got to give a voice to those people. And the entrepreneur in me is just like, I don't sit, right? I need to act. I need to execute. I need to do something. And it's like, I'll probably run again um, just because I have a base and, and I just want to be a part of it. I want to be a part of the discussion. I want to speak on people's behalf. And I need action. I don't, I don't want to see people protesting. I want to see people making things happen. Making it happen. That's, that's great. And um, whether it's in that realm or others, do you have, do you have a, a mentor? Do you have somebody that you can think of like through your, um, uh, through your different experiences that is the, yeah, this is the person that I really kind of model myself after or that, um, that you really kind of has helped you get where you are. I'm, I have, I've had quite a few mentors come through my life and, you know, I might call them mentors and they might call me their friends. Right. Yeah. So yeah. it's, you know, I would say currently right now, I'm very lucky to be friends with Adrian Fenty, who's the former DC mayor. And he's a very successful entrepreneur. And like, he's someone that I'm just like, you know, that's someone I would model my life behind. He's very successful now. And, you know, he lives down the street from me and we're doing the same thing. It's just, you know, he's a little bit more advanced than I am. Um, I'm also very grateful that the, the bike company that I ride for, Rolo Bikes, um, Adam Weiss, uh, he had a coffee company. Now he sells these $15,000 gorgeous bikes. And literally, you know, someone that had cafes in Sweden, I'm able to call him up and be like, Adam, what do I do? And he sends me um, Excel sheets and says like, all right, here's what you need to figure out. And he just helps me maneuver. Whereas normally for someone like me, I'm just kind of left there out there on their own. But when I'm able to call someone so successful and they just help you just weave through the ways, it's just like the growth happens so much quicker. So currently those two individuals are, you know, two people I very 
you know, I reach out to, or I just look to to model my life after. Yeah. Like it's, it's amazing how, um, you know, even, even people who may not be able to connect with somebody at that level right away, you can still research and emulate what those people do as well. And a, a lot of people, I think, um, you know, that's where you see real impact is being able to, um, to not try to do it all on your own. I mean, that's really the, the big yeah. thing, right? Um, and I, 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 I'll just touch on this. And then yeah. I, I also say, I also found that like living here in Silicon Valley, people don't realize that Silicon Valley is more community based than I think the media portrays. And so it's just very, people are more willing to meet with you and give you advice than you would really think. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and I, and I think that's also, um, that's real for a lot of things where, you know, if you, if you ask, you'd be surprised at how many people are okay with sharing, with sharing with somebody, um, you know, and, exactly. and that's, that's one thing where that, you know, you kind of find over time and, uh, there's no harm in asking. And a lot of the times you'll be surprised at how much people will share without, uh, asking for anything back. So, yeah, um, exactly. the other thing is that you were on million dollar mile, which is, um, probably was a, a pretty cool experience. Um, can you tell us a little bit about what that experience was like um you know and and uh you know even just uh, you know being in a, a high production kind of uh value uh, thing like that so that was my first time getting involved with the whole hollywood casting experience yeah. and uh people don't realize it's oftentimes a very last minute and very fast pace it's just like hey here's this opportunity do you want it or not yes okay and then you just go through these casting process so it's literally like they they someone reaches out to you and the next thing you know i'm flying down to la for like uh, a combine and i've been spending the majority of my career to become lean i'm naturally a big guy so like i have i don't really do much strength training i just do your basic maintenance stuff and the rest is just endurance work so it's like last minute my i tell my coach hey i've got this opportunity it's like a month's worth of strength training we go down to this combine get this opportunity next thing you know where i'm going back down to la and it's just like i think i didn't realize how large scale and how big of a deal it really was but it was just yeah. as big as you can possibly get of just like them shuttling you around and i think it was like over 60 cameras 150 person crew but it was just an opportunity of a lifetime that I always look back on because it really kind of changed me mentally. Uh, one of the things we had to do is we had to prove to them that we weren't going to be scared of heights. And after we had gone through the the initial like boot camp introduction process of you know like basic casting in front of like a room of like twenty people asking you different questions. Yeah. At the end of the day, they're like, all right, you guys want to go check out some of the obstacles and climb up this wall? And we're like, okay, like, you know, just walk around. And so next thing you know, they're putting harnesses on us. And part of the competition was for someone to win money, they had to scale a 150-foot wall and then zip line down. Yeah. No joke. It's a long day. You were trying on costumes and being interviewed. And then they put this harness on you. And they're like, all right, yeah, you got to climb up to the top and zip line down and <laughs> since we're around all athletes i forget who went first maybe it was like isaiah next yeah. thing you know like the first person goes we time them and then it quickly turns into instead of like oh you're gonna go test and see if you can go down this thing everyone's getting timed on their first yeah, time competing <laughs> <it>. <laughs> and i'm like oh great now i gotta do that 
And then I get like, I'm climbing up this wall with this harness, 150 foot downtown LA, get up to the top of the wall. I'm like hanging, I'm shaking because there's so much adrenaline. They're like, pull yourself over, pull yourself over. I'm like, there's like, like pull yourself over of a, over of where? A, edge of, of, of a building, right? And the next thing you know, they hook you in and I zip line down. And uh, what happened was they didn't have everything figured out. And I, it, there was like a 15 foot free fall. So one of the, the supportive lines ripped a line in my back. So I got down and I had like a scar, like this oh. like significant, like two inch rope burn on my back. So, <laughs> but after all that, yeah. they chose you. You're all good, and, yeah. <laughs> and don't know okay. ill effects. I guess on your back. I assume it's just other yeah. than a yeah, no. than to have a, a, scar. a a TV scar. <laughs> That's kind of yeah. cool. But you know, and then the other craziest thing is like when we had to do the competition. It was like that was my first time really talking to, to Tintivo. Yeah. And, you know, we're, we're relatively around the same age. I was just like, man, like, I remember Tivo from this Florida days and just crushing it. And then when he, you know, playing at Denver. And I'm, like, yeah. standing here getting ready to compete. And, like, he sends the competitor off. And then he comes up to you. And he's like, all right, so you ready? How you feeling? I'm like, oh, Tim Tivo. Like, you're a legend, <laughs> right? You know what I mean? You just want to be, like, cool with someone and be, like, you know, talk yeah. to them about sports real quick. But then I'm, like, I'm trying to compete. But it's like... You know, you got this amazing athlete right here. So yeah, no matter what, you're still gonna see that, right? So that's exactly. that's very cool. Yeah. Is there? Uh, I mean, you've you've done a whole bunch of different things. Is there? Do you have a favorite so far of all the different stuff that you've done so far? Is there something that stands out as wow, that was the best experience that I've had? Million dollar mile for sure. Yeah. But Spartan Games, I say, was the modern day version of the old school Olympics. Like where it's about like you show up with whatever fitness you have because no one no one knew this was coming. Like no one was really training, right? Everyone was yeah. you were training, but you like nothing. So I think if the Spartan Games turns into the to a thing, I just think yeah. that that like with CrossFit, you got to be a CrossFitter. Yeah, yeah. It's I mean, it's a totally different animal when when you have people from different backgrounds and and not being able to prepare the same way as you can if you're in a very specific sport. So, um, very cool. So, exactly. one of the things that um, we ask everybody um, is that uh, you know we we try to get a couple of actionable items that people who listen can kind of take away and, and apply right away. We're getting to that point right now where a lot of people are doing goal setting, whether it's for um, whether it's for next year or whether it's just generally um, doing some some kind of short-term goal setting. You're one of those people who have uh, obviously goal setting in a whole bunch of aspects um, of your life. Um, are there things, just a couple of tips that you could uh, you could give everybody? Uh, how, do they, how do they start that process or how do you start it and how would you recommend they kind of jump into some personal goal setting? So what I, how I view goal settings and my philosophy around it is that a goal is just a dream until it's written down and i've always had that thought process if i ever went completely broke and just lost everything and life was horrible i think the most valuable thing that you could have is a pen and a piece of paper and just the ability to write down your goals because if you write it down then that's the closest step you're going to get to it to it manifesting right and if I really want something to happen, like I'm now at that, that point where I can maybe write my goals down for six months and then I can go back. Like right now I can go to my goals and there are things that are happening right now in my life that yeah. like I, I've written down. 
So I'm now at that point where like, I don't necessarily need to write my goals down every day, but if it's like, you know, for instance, like I have a goal of getting Fen coffee in 50 retail stores. Like I could write that down every day, but like I'm on that path of getting there. Yeah. But if I really, 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 really like if I, if I had no company and you were wanting to, to start like a drop shipment watch company, yeah. I would say write that goal down every single day until it happens. Right. Um, yeah. And then that helps accelerate it or decelerate it depending on that focused energy. But if you were to wake up first thing in the morning, write down 10 goals over and over and over again. Like, I don't, it's some type of magic, but regardless, if you write your goals down every single day for six months, I bet three of those things will happen. Yeah. And, and you know, what? I, I, I think almost every person I talk to who have some kind, has some kind of success, it, it is interesting how um, it's the tactile thing of actually writing it down and not just kind of saying it in your head or saying it out loud. It's writing it down and, and kind of having that kind of um, do it over and over again for a while until you're just used to that's what you're, you know, what you're reaching towards that day and then kind of breaking it down as you go through the days. So, um, so that's, that's great advice. And being descriptive, it's not like, oh, I yeah. want a car. Oh, I want a car. It's like, oh, I want a BMW three series with this specific engine, with this type of interior, with this, 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 and this, like the yeah. more specific, that's the type of like, then your goal's realistic. Like, oh, I want a company that makes this amount of money with this many employees with this, you know, so. Yeah, by this time, that kind of, I mean, it's taking that smart exactly. concept a little bit and turning it into your kind of personal goals as well, right? So, exactly. um, yeah, no, that's, uh, I mean, uh, that's great. And and um, a great person to, I mean, we talked about you modeling yourself off of other people. Um, I, I think there'll be tons of people that listen to this and start following kind of your career if they haven't been already and, uh, uh, and seeing you as one of those people to emulate. So thank you very much for taking the time, Max. This has been, uh, this has been great. And I know our listeners are going to take a lot away from it. Really appreciate it. Yeah, well, thanks for listening to me. Yeah, no problem. Um, and to anybody else who, if you haven't, uh, well, and actually, uh, Max, before we go, um, do you have, what are some of the best ways for people to be able to follow you um, if they're they're looking uh, at what you're doing? Yeah, the best way you can follow me is on any of my social media accounts at Max Spinell, and you can check out our uh, coffee company at Fed and Coffee. Awesome. Okay. And we'll make sure that's in the show notes. So if you didn't get that, just uh, click on the show notes and uh, they'll have all the information there. Um, also check, uh, I, I'm assuming right now, every week we're seeing new episodes of the Spartan Games uh, piece too. So yep. make sure that you do that. Um, if you haven't hit subscribe on the podcast, do that. We have great guests every week, um, just like Max. So uh, so make sure you hit subscribe and you'll be the first to see it when it comes up. Um, the other thing is uh, take a look at our website, which is www.bigideabigmove.com. Com. Not only the new episodes are there, but there's also um, books from some of our guests, um, some of their resources, and uh, and some enrichment, uh, you know, um, work, and and obviously some swag and all that fun stuff there too. So, uh, so check that out, and we will talk again on big idea, big moves. Mm-hmm.